0: This episode of the podcast is brought to you by The Magic Star, Five Steps to Deliberate Creation, which is my own personal formula for magic. If you like the tone of Hippie Witch, you will probably like this too. It is an audio journey very much in the style of this podcast, and you can get it this holiday season for a limited time for 50% off when you put this code in at checkout, groovy all lowercase one word groovy when you put groovy in at checkout you will get 50% off the magic star five steps to deliberate creation you can find it in the show notes or in one of my recent newsletters or you can do a search over on gum road what if Dolly Parton wrote us a theme song would it sound like this would it sound like this piece Love and all that good shit. What if Dolly Parton wrote us a theme song? Would it sound like this? Would it sound like this? Hippie Witch Season 6.
1: That was a good one.
0: Hello! Thanks for joining me for episode 540 of Hippie Witch, Magic for a New Age. My name is Joanna DeVoe and I am the groovy creatrix behind Cake ass Witch, Putting the K in Magic, and Hippie Witch, the show you are listening to right now. I also have a free ebook by that name, Hippie Witch, Peace, Love, and all that good shit. And you can pick up a big copy of that at www. JoannaDeBowoo.com, where you will also find the show notes for this episode, including all the links to the dazzling witchy Veronica Varlow, author of a gorgeous, gorgeous new book, Bohemian Magic. This is not the first time that I have raved like an over-the-top fangirl here on this podcast, and it probably won't be the last, but that makes my ravings nonetheless sincere. I mean the raving from the bottom of my heart. I have a thing for this particular kind of book. I actually have a small collection of them. Courtney Loves, Dirty Blonde is one, and we talk about that at some point during this interview. There's another one I have that feels very much like this. It's called Century Girl, and they all have this highly visual thing in common. They look like a scrapbook, which I think I relate to because I myself am that kind of record keeper. And there's something delightfully voyeuristic and charged about getting to see into someone's personal world that way. The photos and the little scraps of paper taped inside like spells. And Veronica's book actually includes Spells, literal magic spells. Hers is a grimoire of sorts. It's very modern. It's very personal. I love when a witchy author shares their personal story because it adds so much. I think magic is personal. And I think we all have that fantasy of like stumbling upon maybe our aunt or our grandmother's grimoire up in the attic one rainy day. And so a book like this kind of captures some of that. It's a book that you can just kind of pour a cup of tea and get lost in for a while. And what I love about this is it's actually instructional on top of it. If you want to learn how to practice Spectaculous, the Spectaculous brand of magic that Veronica teaches, I'm laughing as I'm talking. (laughs) This is the book for you. I am such a pushy book person pusher and I always have to say this nobody is asking me to behave like this in fact I think it catches people off guard sometimes when I get this excited about something that they have made but she was very cool she just rolled with it I'm excited to share her publishing journey with you because so much magic was involved in getting this book published specifically in the way that it is it's just a glamorous rock and roll book and process the process that got the book made and also I just love that she shares these really humble personal stories to go with it so it's not all camp it's not all glam there's something very real and human underneath that too So I also, before we get into this interview, let me tell you what I do every Christmas, every witchmas, I like to call it witchmas, I love to say have a merry witchmas, so I'll just say that to you right now. Have yourself a very merry witchmas. Every year, my son stays with his nana for a few days between Christmas and New Year, and this is my time to witchmus it up. I get very witchy about it. It's all about me. And what I like to do is buy myself at least one special gift that I open alone. I wrap it. This is where online shopping comes in handy because I will order myself a present online and then I don't see the present. I wrap the package that it comes in. So you wrap it in beautiful wrapping paper with a ribbon. Do not scrimp on it. This is a self-love magic spell. Write yourself a card. Tell yourself all the things that you're proud of that you achieved the past year, even if it's just a good attitude. Write it all down in the card and maybe write some words of encouragement for the year ahead. Put it in an envelope. Make it part of a whole special moment where you unwrap a present that you've bought for yourself as an act of self-love, a self-blessing. That's what I love to do I got the kid roller skates this year. So I got myself roller skates so we could do it together. And I'm really excited about that. But this is different. I bought myself Bohemian Magic, wrapped it up, made it look beautiful, put it under the Christmas tree. And when I get home and I'm all alone, I'm going to light a candle, have some tea, and treat myself to a present. And I think a self-love present should be something that you really get a kick out of, something indulgent, something special, something that other people might not understand. It's just for you. It could be like a piece of jewelry that you're gonna wear, like a piece of sacred adornment. It could be a class that you've been wanting to take online, although you can't wrap that. Last year, actually, I got myself masterclass. I did that for myself and a friend because they had buy one, get one free. It was such a good deal. And that was something to last all year long. But I always, always, always get myself something that I can unwrap. Anyway, just a little, just a little side note, just a little idea, something maybe that you can do for yourself. I'm not trying to project my love of bohemian magic onto you. I'm just saying that's what I'm going to do for me, okay? And take my enthusiasm throughout this interview with a grain of salt, you know? (laughs) We all respond to things in different ways, but this is the way I personally feel about this book. And Veronica, she was really fun to interview. So I hope you love this interview at least half as much as I do, and I will call it a success. Hi, Veronica. Welcome to Hippie Witch.
1: Hello. Hello. I'm so excited to be here with you.
0: I'm excited and disappointed that... I have not read your entire book. I got a digital copy of your book and I was quickly going through it and so in love. Oh my gosh. I Mm. did not want to tear myself away. This is exactly my flavor of witchcraft. Uh.
1: Ah, that's so good to hear. Well, it and it's hard. I know that there's like the digital copies out there and things like that, but this is a, a hardback 240 page color, full color art spell on the inside too. So I hope that you can get your hands on a, on the actual, um, hold it in your hands, kiss it with your lips and, oh, and leave us. your hair. Yes. it's It's a companion for sure. So I'm glad you're enjoying it.
0: It's a work of art. It's so pretty. And it definitely is a crime to look at it in a digital format. (laughs) It's wrong. It's wrong.
1: (laughs) I I agree. I, I kind of agree. I agree on that one. Yeah, because there is so many beautiful things in there to like hold and hold in your hands. And it was made to be like a portal so that you can actually hold it in your hands and look at the pictures that are in there and be able to go on a journey and lose yourself in the stories and the spells and the pictures because it's a whole art spell. It's just been really, really exciting. It is.
0: It's an art spell. It's enchanting. It's mesmerizing. It's spellbinding. (laughs) And it is instructive, Mm -hmm. but it's also got this heavy memoir, I don't mean heavy in terms of like heavy duty, serious, but there are (laughs) moments that are very personal, but it has a heavy memoir tone to it. It feels like you're inviting us into your life experience in a way that is so charming.
1: Thank you. You know, when, when I have seen other books about spells and things like that, and it's just about the spells and it's just a recipe book I tend not to get really emotionally connected with the book. And I think for me, I wanted to share some very vulnerable pieces of my life with the reader because I am also asking you to go on a journey with me. And I'm asking you as a reader to do some extremely personal work with me as we go through the spells. So I think that it's a way that we can connect through a story and I think that the my favorite books on witchcraft that I have found over the years are ones that where the author shares their their personal journey because then then I feel like I know you you know I feel like we're going on this thing together we're hanging out we're friends and that's something that was was really important to me in the making of this book because it is bohemian magic is like my own grimoire, I brought my grimoire into Harper Collins, with all the duct tape and the pictures stuck in it on scotch tape. And, you know, my lipstick prints and my rings of coffee mugs that I sat at the corners and pieces of rose petals taped in the corners and things like that. So I was like, this is what I want to give to other people so that they can share in this personal, story, personal grimoire, and create their own beautiful world out of it.
0: How does that feel? Do you feel, what is the word I'm thinking of? Did it take any of the magic out of it for you? Once you're like going through the publishing process with Harper Collins, and it's this (laughs) really personal thing. And I know just from sharing my own heart on a Mm. podcast and the different things I've written, it's a vulnerable thing to do, but it's important to do, I think, if you're asking people to do personal work, to approach them in a personal way. But sometimes, sometimes they can take the fun out of it. Have you had any experiences like that?
1: You know, that's an excellent question because, you know, there's a lot that goes into publishing a book and putting it out there and keeping the personality to it. And I have to say, I feel like everyone, that was involved in it, actually there's two, two tiny stories I'd love to share with you along those lines that, you know, I talk about the, the essence of these things in Bohemian magic. And one of the things that I say in the very beginning of Bohemian magic is your life is the greatest spell you will ever cast. And I mean that in the way that the things that you do your story is your spell, your words are wands, how you interact with others and connect with them is a spell out there into the world. And I feel like if you are doing it with a positive intention and really putting your heart out there and like sending love out to people and looking for like a, a real connection, I feel like those good things come back. And I got this book through HarperCollins because. A dear friend of mine, we met back in like 2005. We were in this coven in a basement together. Mm. Um, And, you know, it's the space that I had in the city. And I invited some new friends to work magic together. And the point of it was that we were all creatives and we all wanted to help each other and lift each other up and support each other in our creative magic. And one of the women's name was Carolyn Turgeon. And she was a struggling beginning writer at the time in 2005. And over the years, she just kept growing and blossoming and working really hard. And she put out the fairy handbook and the mermaid handbook and the unicorn handbook. And these are gorgeous, hardcover, gold indented books that are just stunning and filled with so much rich story. And they're so beautiful. And, you know, all of us were cheering her on the whole time, seeing this process and her editor went to her and said, well, we'd love to give you another deal. We want to give you a fourth deal. And we want it to be the book about witchcraft, the witchcraft handbook. And she's such an incredible person. And I feel like I've aligned myself with such badass people that she was like, you know what, if I wrote this witch book handbook, it would just be a book report of everything that I learned from my friend, Veronica Varlow. <laughs> I'd rather her just write it. So Carolyn Turgeon turned down a major deal at Harper Collins to Whoa. walk me in because she has so much integrity and she's such a badass. She was like, girl, this book is yours. Like they asked for it. It's not mine. It's yours. She walked me in there. I told my story. They were like, we love it. Send a proposal. And it was done. So. there was beauty and there was magic behind it. And then when it came to the design part of it, every single photo in there, I chose and got the rights for and things like that. However, I was blessed with, you know, I was doing spells the whole time to like keep the integrity and the truth to the book. Mm. And I was blessed with this amazing designer who His name is Raphael Gironi and he is unbelievable. And I did a spell about the making of the book. I did a spell to Jacqueline Suzanne, who is the author of the very campy um, New York Times bestselling book, The Valley of the Dolls. Oh yeah. And <laughs> you know, and uh, I, I, I had a feeling you, you would absolutely know who I'm talking about. She's she's such a badass and she speaks her mind and she does all this great stuff. And I heard this story that she had, put in her manuscript on pink lined pale pink paper and like threw it on our editor's desk. And it was like, damn, what a badass!" I would love to put, you know, I wish I could do that, but you know, COVID and I've got to email it in, but I did a spell for her and I wrote on pale pink lined paper, like, can you help me in this journey of writing this book and keeping it fun and campy and like connected? And I read the letter out loud and I put it in a bonfire and my grandmother believed that part of the bohemian magic is that when you put a letter in a bonfire, the words you write in script on the page transform into smoke script that goes to the direct spirit in the sky that you were trying to speak with. So I did that and lo and behold, I get this the first 10 pages of the design turned into me to, for like my approval and I open up the file and the entire book the inside is done on pale pink lined paper mm-hmm. and I never told anybody about that I didn't realize it was a possibility to do it that way. And the grimoire that I shot and sent to them that's mine, it just has white paper because I draw all over it and I stick stuff in it. So the fact that somehow the spirit of Jacqueline Suzanne came through to Raphael Gironi, the designer, and he just did it. It was crazy. So that was my experience with the book. And I've heard horror stories from other authors, but my experience, I have to say, I really lucked out with some really incredible people who had a lot of integrity and who were also deeply connected to the spirit and the witchcraft of their own art, you know?
0: Let me just fight you on saying you lucked out. This is magic. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. Okay, yes, yes. You went. You went.
1: Oh my gosh. 100%. 100%. My awesome. eyes were
0: watering when you were telling me that and gosh, that's so good to hear because I do talk to so many authors, particularly behind the scenes. The things I learn outside of the interviews are often more interesting than the interviews, but people do get pushed around and then it starts to not feel like their project anymore.
1: Right.
0: And I feel the integrity. I, I have a question. Mm-hmm. You said something about aligning yourself with bad asses. And I know you do this in a magical sense, like you just explained, but also you have a great group of creative, powerful people around you. And I feel like that is something that other people would like to understand so they can make that happen for themselves as well. What is the secret? Have you always been like this? Is this something you developed?
1: I think it's something that I developed and that's an excellent question. I think that this is something that's just recently happened. I, I would say like in the last, like, I don't know, in the last decade? Like, d- decade. Yeah, that I would say that decade. And I think that it comes from, there's, there's two things. One, there was a study done that says that we are made up of the five people that we hang out, our personality is affected and and compiled from the five people that we hang out with the most. And that really stirred me. The other thing is, is that I feel like in the past when I was feeling insecure as one can do, especially being in the arts, it's so hard when you see all these other people doing things and you're feeling kind of lost, it's hard to feel good about yourself. And there became a mindset that I got into that I was like, wait a minute, if my friends are doing this awesome stuff, that proves that I have a possible chance of also doing this awesome stuff because I know people who are doing it. And when I shed the idea that there was a the competition, the only person that I'm in com- competition with is myself. I'm in competition to be a better person than I was yesterday because each one of us has a specific spell, our art to put out in the world. And it's all different. And I think when I know that when we rise up and support each other with pure love and celebration, as if it was happening to us, like feeling that energy and seeing our brothers and sisters do successful, beautiful things in the world. And you see their art getting out there. It feels good. It feels so good. And I feel like when you tap into that energy, it just like the story about Carolyn, like we were all supporting her and all rooting her on and like you know, going to her book things and getting her book and putting it out there. And it was just like, she sent that beauty back to us because she felt us really the whole coven being really excited for her. And I feel like all of my friends, all of the friends that I know are really just positive and want to cheer you on and, and the love and the support that I've got, not only from friends that I know, but from people on the internet, I've never met in my life, writing me the most beautiful things about their experiences with bohemian magic. And this book has just really reinforced my thought of like the goodness in this world and how important it is to cheer ourselves on and also cheer others on because we're mirrors of each other.
0: Mm -hmm. I feel Mm. that people can pick up on an intention. You can Mm -hmm. show up on the internet and say, I'm rooting for you. And you can say all the platitudes, but there's a different feeling tone
1: Mm -hmm. when someone
0: means it.
1: Yeah. And I've always
0: got that sense from you. There's one video years and years ago that Gala Darling did. And I shared it many times because it was an event I think you put on it was framed as a coven, but I'm not sure if it was an actual coven or kind of a camp experience people could sign up for. But it was a group of women in the forest and it was ah, not that's very witch r- camp,
1: Witch camp. camp. OK, uh-huh. it was that's so romantic. romantic.
0: I think there was like a self-love component mm-hmm. to it. That was the vibe I got. What was so moving to me about it was the look on the women's faces in the video. Not you, not Gala. You two are just striking like. It's like an eyeball full to look at either one of you. I mean, just riveting. <laughs> oh, the, the women that were there with you two, I can't explain exactly what the feeling I got, but they seemed so joy filled and lifted up. And I was like, this, this is it. This is it. This is women uplifting women.
1: For sure, 100%. And I think that the greatest thing that we need as people is true connection and being able to see each other, like really see each other. And what I love about my witch camp. And and when we do that, you step outside, all of those women are stepping outside the rat race. They're stepping outside their daily, every day and coming to a space where we're not you know, using cell phones and we're not on computers and we're sitting there walking in the woods together and making crowns together and really having deep connection and talking and working our own magic in support and help in each other. And I think it's an experience that I'm really proud of. And I feel like all the women that have come to Witch Camp, we have a very deep relationship. Like they're, they're my family. Like, I feel like those are all my sisters and we've, we've really gone there together. And which camp seems like a space beyond this world to me, you know, that's how beautiful the experience is. And I love, I love so much that you said that you've watched the video a bunch of times because I have too, and it's brought tears to my eyes seeing and seeing all the women, you know, stand in their power together. We wear these dresses. And we go into the river together and one by one, we go into the center and all the other women are around you in a circle, holding power for what you wish for and what you want your world to be. And it's so beautiful to have that love and support from so many women who are genuinely rooting for you and want the best for you. So Yeah. Witch camp is an experience like none other. And I I'm so excited to get back to it in summer 2022
0: for sure. If anybody's listening to this going, Oh my gosh, how do I go to witch camp? What do they do?
1: You're going to go to lovewitch.com, L O V E W I T C H.com. And that is my website, and you can see all the things going on. And right now, because we're doing the final getting everything together for Witch Camp 2022, and we're going to be posting it within the month. If you want first dibs on hearing about it, you can sign up for my newsletter. You'll also get, like, I send you all these, like, free spells and things like that for being a part of it. So um, if you sign up, you can be one of the very first people to know about when that's happening and what's going on. So yeah, Mm. yes.
0: There's something about the aesthetics in that Mm. particular video, but also in all of your work your personal presentation. And when you said something about Bohemian magic, your book, you're talking about like the integrity of it and wanting to protect that and make sure that that comes through. But in that context, you use the word camp. And I thought that's so interesting because people often dismiss camp and they dismiss aesthetics, particularly when it's witchy in tone. You're not a serious witch. You're playing a witch. Do you know what I mean? And I, I feel- the exact opposite way about it, because I believe magic is a form of self-creation. Mm-hmm. 100%. It's almost a commitment to self-creation really, and recognizing your power that way is the aesthetics, is the camp, is that a part of it for you? Or is that just like a side thing that you personally enjoy?
1: You know, I was raised by my grandma, Helen, who who taught me all of this magic. And I talk about it in Bohemian Magic. And my grandma, Helen, really was doing, you know, witchcraft of the working class. Like she would rip open a bag of Lipton's laying around and and read her tea leaves with it or grab her stack of playing cards from the Golden Nugget in Las Vegas and like do your do a tarot mm-hmm. reading for you, you know? So there was a very like grabbing things from around the house, kind of hands on. You are the magic. It's not about the objects that you buy. It's not about the things that, you know, that you have collected or anything like that. And with Bohemian magic, I wanted to have in the book, some of my rock and roll heroes, because music is so powerful. That's such a powerful spell. I love camp. I love, I love the making it fun and not making it this, you know, I'm seeing about witchcraft on, and I've been hearing about it in a lot of interviews as well. uh, There being like all of these gatekeepers on the internet that says like, you can't be a witch unless you have these certain things or it looks this certain way. And I feel like witchcraft is, is something that's unique to us all and that it looks different for all of us and so to answer your question like when you say is is camp something you enjoy 100% and I I like the fantasy and the fun of it and that's how I choose to play because I feel like when we're little kids we're the best witches that we could be I feel like that's when we have our full imagination and we've got really deep intuition and the world hasn't told us yet that that's not, you know, quote unquote real, or that we should grow up and, and start thinking about working or whatever, you know, or going to school and just like getting good grades all the time. When we're really little, we have that beauty of all that imagination. So I think that witchcraft is part play, tapping into that playful side of us. And that's where you can create. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, when I am reading your book, I'm thinking inclusivity, you're including people, you're not putting yourself on a pedestal. You're not making witchcraft seem like this complicated, exclusive thing that you need a string of degrees to perform. And you come from a line of witches. Do they describe themselves as witches? I'd love to ask you about that, but you Mm. lead with stories of your grandma, Helen, which is perfect because she had peroxide blonde curls and a lucky strike cigarette hanging off her finger and cat eye sunglasses. Like you learned this straight from the source.
1: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. She made it very playful and made it very fun. And she did not call herself a witch, but It's all the things that she did. She read playing cards as tarot cards, and in fact, when I was a little girl and she was teaching me when I was six, she when she I I couldn't figure it out when I was little about how to do it with playing cards. So she broke down and bought the Rider Waite deck, which I think was the only deck that was out at the time. And it's the same things. It's just transferred over to the Rider weight with pictures. And there's, there's no majors in, in playing cards. So my grandmother would tell me stories for all of them. And she didn't believe, I remember her like looking at the guidebook for it and being like, I can't believe they have re- re- reversals in this too, because she thought that the invention of kind of having reversals for the cards was trying to make it seem like, you'll never be able to learn all of these things because not only is there 78 cards, but on top of that, there's like reversals that you have to learn too. So you have to learn what 156 different versions of what these things could mean and she really believed that it was an effort to make it seem more complicated like you couldn't do it for yourself and my grandmother was very much about like everyone taking their own power back and being able to tap into your own magic and not needing to really ask anyone you know like that was what she was showing me is that she was giving me the strength and the confidence so that I could stand in my own power and have that magical background and I feel like with bohemian magic in the book, I'm passing on all of those things to the reader so that they can stand in their own power and make it into, you know, their strength and their confidence and their story and really own their own unique magic.
0: Mm -hmm. There's a story you told about her with your hair and the bird's nest. I don't know if you want to retell it or if you want people to read it in the book, but it was so simple, what she did. You were feeling bullied, and uh, do you want to tell the story? Or sure. I just, okay, sure. Okay. No,
1: I, I'm happy to share. I'm happy to share tidbits, of course. Yeah. Well, what had happened was this is an old for for all of your beautiful listeners. This is an old Bohemian magic ritual, and my grandma had all these rituals and traditions that she would do. And I, when I was like, I don't know, I want to say I was like six or seven years old. I was like between six and eight. And I was getting bullied at school. And it's that moment that we all have where you're like, wait a minute, why are other people are mean? What is happening? Like, what what kind of world is this that people are saying these things to each other? And I felt I was really upset by the kids and what they were saying to me. And I came off the bus crying and she brought me down to the dock and there was this lagoon there and she started brushing my hair. And part of brushing your hair is another magical way to kind of put a spell, hypnotize yourself. In fact, in old fairy tale stories from the region, also Bohemia, they talk about the princesses like going to bed and brushing their hair a hundred strokes. And that is to give yourself magical dreams because you're getting yourself in this state of hypnotizing and calming yourself and taking yourself out of the day. Mm -hmm. Um, So she started brushing my hair on the dock, and I told her all my problems. And then when I was done, uh, she pulled my clump of hair that was in the brush, put it on the deck beside us, the dock beside us and put a little rock, a pebble. So it held my hair down to the dock. And we sat there for about 15 minutes. And she said, we're gonna watch this because it was springtime. And a little bird, brown bird came flying in, picked a piece of my hair up, flew off, came back, picked another piece of my hair up, flew off, came back. And my grandma said, do you know what that, what that bird is doing? And I said, no, I was really confused. And she said, that bird is taking pieces of your hair to build its nest in, to build its home in. And that bird is going to have these baby birds that sing their first song nestled in your hair. Why would you care about what anybody else has to say to you who's mean? And that just, that was a defining moment of my life. She gave me the power of keeping my magic, of not letting the world take it away from me, of not letting the bullies take it away from me. And it's interesting because I was on another show that won't be named. And they said, when they asked about that story and they said that they were disappointed by the story because, yeah, because they... They were like, if my grandma was a witch and was magic, I would want my grandma to hex the bullies and not do this other thing to which I responded that one, my grandma didn't do hexing. And two, if she would have taught me how to hex, we're different. You know, we, you and I are different your listeners are everyone that's out there. We've all had moments in life that we felt like outcasts. There's always going to be bullies. There's always going to be people popping up and saying mean things. And if my grandma would have showed me how to like get back at them at that moment, then I would have spent my whole life hexing and trying to get back at people. And instead she gave me this beautiful gift Of bringing the power back to my heart and back to myself and focusing on the beautiful things in my world, my beautiful life and the beautiful people that surround me and my great friends and my family and all of that. And I feel like that is the greatest magic that my grandma gave me. And I feel like that moment was a crossroads moment in my young life that it could have gone either way. And I feel really lucky that my grandma guided me in that way. And that's why that's like the opening story in the book, because I feel like that is the moment that really defined my life and what I want to pass on to the reader, is all the stories that are in there. There's so many stories and so many secret spells and so many traditions. And to this day, every springtime, I leave my hair out for the birds on the fire escape, and it's it's an important tradition to me. And by now, generations and generations of baby birds have grown up singing their first songs in my hair.
0: Oh. <laughs> You're killing me, Veronica. <laughs>
1: We're all like brushing our hair now, going up.
0: For the birds <laughs>
1: getting getting ready for springtime put it so, out in spring and they'll, the they'll take spring. it they'll take it I'm telling you and when, when I'm upstate or in the woods by where I do witch camp there's several birds that are around the house and you can see you could see your hair in their nest like w- when you find their nest you peek in and look around it and you will see pieces of your hair sticking out and that's really I'm telling you it's really they love it they love they love making nests out of okay, hair. So, okay
0: okay okay That is so magical. Well, first of all, it's connecting you with nature, which Mm -hmm. is important, particularly in today's day and age where we've been so disconnected from nature. But also, I think what she taught you is self-empowerment, taking your power back instead of giving your power away and trying to control the world outside you. Yep. And your book, to
1: me, carries that message throughout Thank you so much for saying that. That's a brilliant summary. That's a brilliant summary about, you know, taking self-empowerment and taking your power back and not giving it away. That's beautiful. Yeah. 100%. That's you get it. You absolutely get it. Yeah. There's
0: another story I heard you tell somewhere, but I don't remember where, but it really impacted me. I know you, you mentioned it in the book as well, but it's the story of losing your fear of what people think of you.
1: Mm, and that is
0: something I've encountered a lot in my coaching practice it's amazing Mm. how much this can control people and I'm not immune to it myself and it was pretty dramatic like getting bit in the face I think is what started this is that something that you can share as well because it is a really moving important story I think
1: Sure. Yeah. In the beginning of the book, um, I talk about, you know, I talk about being raised with my grandma, Helen and her magic. And then because I, I really wanted to be raw in the book, and I wanted to be vulnerable and tell the real story. And the real story is when my grandma passed when I was 12 and my parents got divorced and like, I was just really struggling. And I felt like I was losing my magic because so much trauma had happened. And I feel like everyone can understand. I feel like there's people listening to this right now that are going to hear the story and be like, I know exactly what you're talking about. I felt like, you know, I came to New York to try to live my dream and, you know, to be an artist and create and do all this fun stuff. And what ended up happening is I... I had to, you know, I had to keep a roof over my head and I had to work tons of hours at jobs just to make the rent. And when I got home at the end of the day, I was exhausted and I didn't have time for my magic. It's like I turned my back on my magic because I was caught in the rat race. I was caught in trying to keep up and do all the things that we're supposed to do and do all the things that society tells us we have to do and just be able to survive. And I was volunteering at an animal shelter and I got attacked in the face by a Rottweiler who uh, ripped off my nose all the way on the right side and underneath and nearly blinded me in my left eye. And because I was in so much shock when they brought me into the emergency room and they put me on the table, they weren't able, they couldn't put me under because I was in so much shock and it takes a while to like take effect and things like that. So they numbed my nose and they were stitching it back. It was really intense. Wow! And during this time I was getting out of my body because I was so traumatized at that moment I remember staring at the ceiling and I thought why did I not do my dream why didn't I perform and do burlesque like I wanted to and at that moment the only the only reason I didn't in the truth was that I was afraid of what other people would think about me and I had the benefit of being raised with this beautiful family and this magic. And then I moved away from it because I let like the world take me down and I forgot who I was. I forgot, you know, I forgot what path I'm supposed to be on. And then That moment happened and that Rottweiler was like an angel to me. That was a wake-up call. That was like straight from my ancestors, straight from my spirit saying, no, you need to wake up. Why are you not doing your life? You're not promised anything. You're not promised another day. And I was wasting my life away. And at that moment, I thought to myself, I remember this thing my grandma used to say, and she used to say, fear just stands for forgetting. Everything is all right.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I thought, you know what? I'm going to get out of this. And when I get out of this, I'm going to take a moment to heal. And I'm just going to, I'm going to jump. I'm going to go right into my dream. I'm going to, no matter what it takes, no matter if that means me eating Kraft macaroni and cheese every single day, uh-huh. the 99 cent box, I'm doing it because my life is more important than fancy dinners out, or my life is more important than that new outfit. My life and living authentically and feeling like I'm doing the right things in my life isn't more important than anything that money could buy. And so that's why I shared that story because I feel like I was really, really lost. And I hope that hearing that story helps people and, and the listeners that are listening to this right now to remember who you are and remember how important that is and honor your magic and honor the gifts that you have to bring into this world. And if you're feeling lost, I recommend you, reading, reading Bohemian magic, trying to, you know, do some of the actions and exercises that I talk about in it, because it's what got me through. It's my way of passing this information that I feel like is vital down after being through such a crazy time. So the irony,
0: the irony cuts deep. I mean, you're doing something compassionate for nature, You're Mm -hmm. showing up in compassion. You're working at an animal rescue. Did you say?
1: Mm -hmm. Uh And,
0: and then what happens is like nature bites you in the face and is like, have compassion for yourself,
1: girl. Yes. That was a nature said to me, like, I've always felt like dogs are, you know, my familiars and, you know, they've always been special to me. And that dog came through. I was like, nope, I'm about to change your life. And I took that as a sign to really take a really good look at where my life was going because I was not happy and I was losing myself. And so that dog was my beautiful wake up call, like really just saved my life in so many ways. And that dog is forever like a, an angel of mine, a hero of mine for sure. Yeah.
0: You also work with celebrities, dead celebrities. (laughs) When I, when I hear you talking about angels and mysterious forces coming to your aid, my mind immediately goes to that because I know that that is a controversial practice in some circles, but I Mm -hmm. think it's also a way of working with badasses, which you've done in your life, but aligning yourself with people like David Bowie and Kurt Cobain, what in the world possessed you to do such a thing? (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting because a lot of people come to me and they say, you know, I don't know who my ancestors are. I don't know who my spirits are. I've worked with people who have come to me and said, I'm adopted. I have no idea who my ancestors are. And I thought, you know what? We are made up of the beautiful moments, the art that is been put out there in the world as gifts to us to receive. And I feel like David Bowie and Kurt Cobain and Jimi Hendrix and Jim Morrison, I feel like those are some of the people who raised me, like listening to their songs helped me feel like I could express myself, or I felt like they understood me. So I take the controversial view that our ancestors can be those people. They can be these musicians and rock stars that are on the other side that you've connected to through music. And I think that they have left us clues on earth in their songs and these beautiful things that we we could listen to their songs over and over and over and get into a portal to be able to connect with them. And I feel like, you know, like I was talking about connecting with Jacqueline Suzanne on the other side. She's an author that I found had really interesting views and talked about really raw real stuff that was happening and kept it campy as well. And uh, she kind of, you know, put some fun onto it. And I, I connect with that, you know, I feel like part of the reason that I got this book deal is because I put myself in a, there's a, there's a spell that I will show you how to do and in Bohemian magic, where you put, you know, whatever art you're into and you're trying to create more. If you call in your superheroes from the other side, people that have already been down the path that you wanna go down. So I wanted to publish a book, I wanted to write, I wanted this to happen. So I put my favorite authors from the other side on an altar. And put candles in front of them. And then I put my picture in the middle because I wasn't feeling confident. And it was very important for me to see myself among them as if we were all hanging out. As if this was my awesome, badass council of friends and inspirations. And they got me because they've been down the road before. So I'm like, please help me find a way to get my book out into the world. And through a series of events within six months of me doing this altar, Carolyn showed up again and this whole deal ended up happening. So I do feel like working with them, they're happy to work with you. And if they inspired you and they're part of the story of your life, I think there's no reason that you shouldn't be able to like reach out and ask because they're there, they're there for sure.
0: So you believe they are literally there or are you saying you're creating some kind of theater for yourself?
1: I think that they're really there. I love that. I I do. I I really do. I really do think that they're there. And it's funny because somebody asked me, they were like, well, I mean, don't you think that David Bowie is doing way too many things up there that he (laughs) has any time for us? And I'm like, so what do you believe in? And she's like, well, I believe in God and I ask God for things. And I'm like, don't you think that God is too busy having a billion people on this earth? Like, it's the same thing, you know? And it's 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 interesting because, because I think that time is different up there. And whatever your belief is, whether it's in God or whether it's whatever your belief system is, I feel like they can be there for us. I really do. I really believe that. God really can be there for people, even though there's like a billion people trying to contact them. And I feel the same way about David Bowie or Jim Morrison. And I feel like if you honor them and set up an altar for them and sit there and talk to them, I feel like there is some kind of connection that comes through. I really do 100%. And I feel like it has helped me in my life. It has helped me create dreams of my life. And it's part of the reason that my book is out there all over the world right now. It's one of the reasons of aspects of spells I've done 100%.
0: Well, David Bowie better clear his schedule. He's got
1: thousands of witches coming his way. (laughs) I don't think he would mind one bit.
0: (laughs) Another thing that I just love about you, you are just deeply playful in the most inspiring way, but your method of spellcasting is called the School of Spectaculous. And I just want to say that out loud so badly, the School of
1: Spectaculous. That is so juicy. It's so juicy. It's juicy because, okay. So the reason, so the witchcraft that I practice is spectacular. And the reason is, is that if you want to give something power, you name it. Mm -hmm. And this version of witchcraft, that's a combination of the foundation of my grandma, Helen's bohemian magic combined with myself and my husband, David Varlow's like kind of rock and roll magic. And he's very into earth and nature magic. Between all of that together, there's stuff that we talk about that isn't out there. And our magic all together, I, we call spectacular Witchcraft. And what Spectaculous Witchcraft, that tradition is about, is it's geared towards the creatives to the artists, to the art witches, to the the witches that want to bring in song to their spells or their art, their paintings, their poetry, their dance. And we believe that we're all here together. There's no pecking order. We all arrive as equals, whether you just started doing witchcraft or you've been doing it your whole life. We all have something to learn together. And when we come together, and like all sit on a virtual floor together and practice our magic by writing poetry and and singing together and doing all of these creative, beautiful things. Like that's what life is really about. And that, you know, there's a lot of witchcraft out there that's like, well, this witchcraft is gonna teach you how to get mansions and fancy cars and things like that. And like, to me, I'm not going to remember any of that on my, on my last days, my last days, I'm going to remember sitting on the floor with my friends, creating beautiful things. I'm going to remember which camp and us just walking barefoot through the forest, being like little kids together. Like that's to me, what life is really about. And that's what I want to celebrate. Hell yes. Yeah.
0: I'm feeling that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that's spectacular. So that is, that is it. It's like a carnival of beautiful artists and poets and adventurers, And that's the vibe. That's the vibe of this witchcraft for sure.
0: I'm totally going to get this book. I just want you to know (laughs) it's not enough to have it in a digital format. I have to say it reminds me of so many of the art books I've collected over the years. You know, there was one I can't remember if Courtney Love did it or if it was done yes. for her, but it's just like all these pictures and layers of notes and things. I love stuff like that. And that is what this book looks like to
1: me. Thank you. I actually, I have that book and um, Dirty Blonde and it's yes, amazing. That's it. It's amazing. And that was one of, I brought that into Harper's and I brought in my own grimoire with like my own handwritten poetry and my incantations. And I was like, I want pieces of this ripped out and put into this book. And this is how, like, I want it taped in just like my own grimoire. And they're like, oh yeah, we totally get it. So Mm -hmm. yes, you're totally spot on. Like I wanted to create this, you leave the normal everyday world and you fall into the portal of this book and that's what i wanted it to feel like i wanted it to be a treasure and in the very beginning there's a space where it's called um enchant this book to you where you can actually you know you tape your hair into it and there is a thing an incantation that i wrote for the book to become your companion to come alive because as witches are tools our magical objects our tools become alive with our energy that we put into it it's not the other way around you know it's it's that we're putting our energy into objects and making them magical it's not the m- objects making us magical you know what i'm saying 100% Which, uh, yeah yeah
0: yeah <laughs> yeah yeah Okay. Okay. So I'm so disappointed that we're running out of time. I started feeling disappointed that I ran out of time to finish your book. And now I'm disappointed <laughs> that the interview's is over. There's so many things I want to ask you. I guess I'll just have to follow your career, but I also want to make sure that people that are listening on the go, that might not go look at my show notes, that they have a link where they can go find you and you know that will lead to everything. Can you tell them your URL?
1: Um, Yes, that is lovewitch.com, L-O-V-E-W-I-T-C-H.com is all of, all of the beautiful things are there. So yeah, I can't wait, I can't wait for you to all come down. I feel like,
0: I feel like bohemian magic would be such a great self-love holiday present.
1: Ooh. I like that idea. I like that idea a lot. I I do think I, I put two years of my life into this book and my whole, all the stories. And I, I really do feel like it will help and change your life for the better. I truly Mm -hmm. do. I believe it with my whole heart. So Yeah, yeah, I
0: think a lot of stagnation was created in during this pandemic and people need something campy and fun and beautiful and inspiring and magical so go buy yourself this book wrap it wrap it do it up do the wrapping paper and the bow and then like wait till yule or Christmas or whatever you celebrate and and, then open it and start the new year fresh with something exciting that's how I feel about it
1: yay thank you so much thank you
0: yeah (laughs) Okay, so I always end with the same question, but I feel like you already answered it, which is what is one tip for creating the kick-ass life of your dream? So let's say you did answer that because I do feel you did. I have a a separate question. (laughs) (laughs) You encourage people to stop asking for permission
1: Mm, and and
0: to, to give themselves permission. So can you just end this thing by maybe a tip for doing that?
1: Oftentimes we feel lost only because we're looking to others for permission um, for their approval. And when you give yourself permission to stand in your power, when you say my name is and powerfully say your first and last name and then say, and I am a witch who is calling all of her power or their power back to them, you will stand taller. You will stand taller when you give yourself permission. You don't have to get anyone else's permission to live your beautiful, gorgeous, and magical life.
0: Yay, Merry Witchmas, Merry, Merry Witchmas. I hope you all loved this interview. I thought it was lots of fun. Don't forget the magic star, five steps to deliberate creation, it is 50% off for a limited time during the holidays. Get 50% off the magic star. When you enter this code at checkout, groovy, groovy. Have yourself a very groovy witchmas. And until we meet again, much love to you. Peace.